0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Good morning. morning. I I heard, I heard, I heard I might need a sword this morning, so I went in there and got it. So, don't mess with me today. For the Word of God is living yes. and active, sharper than any two edged sword. Now, when my grandkids come to my office, they are always tempted to go grab this. Baba has to threaten them. (laughs) It will cut you and it will hurt you unless it's used the right way. Amen? Amen? The Word is sharper than this. When the Word is in your heart, your mind being renewed, not a casual inquirer, not a visitor to the word of God. (laughs) That word becomes like a butter knife. (laughs) Flimsy, you can bend it, but the word of God is mighty. And in this generation, day and hour that we're living in, we need the word of God. I listened to the message from last Sunday. I don't know who that guy was, but it wasn't him, but it was a good word. I got convicted, like, man, that sounds like me preaching, (laughs) but I got convicted by the word I was preaching, but I was, when I was talking about the word and the necessity that what has been enough for you in the past is not gonna be enough for you now, not in 2021. And you can't live off of someone else's word, okay? Just like you can't live off somebody else's faith. It's, it's gotta be your word that is planted deep in your spirit and your heart, that when necessity calls, that word comes out of you. Instead of anger, hatred, meanness, in 2021 we need some christians to act like christ amen and you're not going to get that just by casually visiting the word of god it's got to become your life source so that when you're squeezed what comes out will be the word and that word might be so sharp that it divides asunder cuts between that which is right and that which is evil, first in your own life, and then to those that the Lord has given you an opportunity to touch and minister to. So so today, as I get into this third part of this series on uh, current events, I wanna make a declaration. (laughs) You can see it in the middle, can't you? Read it out loud. God's still in control. Amen? If you believe that, let's give the Lord an ovation of praise because he is still in control. He is Yahweh, the living God, the great I am. Doesn't matter what the world says or CNN. And and can I just pause for a moment and tell some of you believers, y'all need to turn CNN off. Messing you up. You, you, you have a little bit of the word in you and then you got a whole lot of garbage, garbage in, garbage out. You spend too much time listening to stuff that literally begins to mess your balance up before COVID. There are some folks that are part of our family that are, many of them are not here today. Hopefully some of them are watching online. But, but through COVID, what's been revealed is really what was in them, and they just didn't know it. And it's, it's really, it, it can be a scary thing if you don't have brothers and sisters, spiritual family surrounding you that loves you enough to speak truth into you, when you get off the track. Conviction is an amazing, wonderful thing because it brings us back to the center. Helps us to deal with, with what's been going on. Our lack of faith, Lack of trust. I mean, a lot, lot of people that have proclaimed to be Christians and believe all the word of God have found out over these last two years, they don't believe near as much as they thought they did. Now, they might still say they do with their mouth, but their actions declare fear, anxiety, anxious about everything, fearful that they're going to Die when you're already promised you're going to die. (laughs) You know? And when it's a door that you walk through, then why fear it? If to be, as Paul said, absent from the body is to be present (laughs) with the one, the reason we're here today. It's to worship and honor the one true living God, the one that we desire to spend eternity with. And yet our fears have messed us up. Got us off the path of faith to where our every move is driven Not by the word, not by faith, not by prayer, not by worship, but by fear. And that's a horrible way to live. The promise of God is that we've been given power, a sound mind. Come on somebody, how many of y'all like a sound mind? Man, you know, when I was in the heat of the, the chemo, when they were pumping more junk in me than I ever thought I could live and survive. Suzanne can tell you, my, my memory at times was, whew, it was just gone. I mean, I'd be right in the middle of a story. That's why I wasn't preaching very much. I'd be right in the middle of the story and d- couldn't even remember what story I was telling. And I began to go, wow, is this what it's like to lose your mind? And it's a horrible place. Dementia It's a curse. Alzheimer's is a curse. It's not a blessing. There's no family that's ever walked through any of that that would say, wow, that was a blessing. You know? Mom didn't know who she was the last five years of her life, but boy, she had her health. (laughs) There are things the enemy is trying to put on us as a people that we have to learn who we are in Christ Jesus. By what authority we as believers have, and that we can stand against all of these things right. Come on. in faith yes. by the word of God. Right. We, we can't just we just can't accept what everybody's saying out there. That's right. We gotta. That's why I said last week, church, you gotta you gotta examine and press in and search for yourself. Whatever it is that you're going through today. Okay, I'm I'm gonna kinda stay away from vaxxed and unvaxxed today. (laughs) I mean, I think we pretty much covered that last week. But the reality is, and the power of what I said last week was don't violate your peace. Whatever it is you're walking through. Because if it's God, hear me, there'll never be confusion involved in it. Amen? Where there's confusion, you have walked away from where God is. And you don't need a pastor to tell you that. You, you need enough of Holy Spirit inside of you. Come, Holy Spirit. Don't, don't leave me. How many of y'all, I don't want Holy Spirit leaving me? Don't leave me, I need you. I need your power, I need your presence. I need everything that you have for me because without the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I'm gonna get off track a little bit. You know, when I was learning how to fly an airplane, we were flying VFR, visual flight rules, which meant you picked a spot out there and you flew to it. And if you weren't paying attention, you know, back when I was flying, there weren't, uh, we didn't have our iPhones and everything, so there wasn't any distraction. You just, you picked a point, the railroad track, the tree, the, the ocean, a lake, and you just started flying to it. Because if you got your eyes off of it for just a little bit, just a tiny degree, One degree, over 200 miles. (laughs) You missed your spot. I know that by experience. (laughs) Because on my last four-hour cross-country flight, I was flying from Panama City, Tyndall Air Force Base, to Dothan, and then west to a little airport in the middle of some grass strip north of Mobile, and then I was going to have a beautiful flight back home along the coast. I was going to fly over Eglin Air Force Base and then fly right down the ocean and, uh, and go back to Tyndall and land. Well, I got to Dothan. Everything was good. And I headed west and I had my VFR. And, uh, man, I had too much coffee that morning. And that donut and that coffee began to churn inside of me. And before long, I was distracted. I was looking for something to take care of myself and in the plane, and it wasn't there. So, so now I'm looking for an airport, just any place to land this plane. And I landed. I found the place. I landed, took care of business, took back off. And I uh, had all my stuff on my little leg, I'm flying, I'm having a good time, singing, worshiping, and I've got my little, uh, you know, railroad track, and then the, then the, the town, and then the, the, the water tower. And, and when I got to where I was supposed to be, <laughs> there was no airport. <laughs> and I'm calling the airport. Well, it's just one of these little small airports where somebody, if they walk by the radio, they might grab a hold of it and, say, and answer you. But, but it was about ten miles from uh, another airport, and so I'm coming in trying to land, and the guy on the tower starts yelling at me. I don't have any authority to be landing here. I haven't called in. Haven't done, I'm just coming in and landed. And he's like, uh, and I'm like, no, I'm certain, I'm, <laughs> you know, I am a student pilot. And then he goes, oh, why didn't you say so? <laughs> you, you know, so, so now he tells me, uh, you're about 12 miles away from the airport you're supposed to be landing at. So turn around and go there because they're waiting for you. And, and, and as believers, sometimes if, if we're not careful, we get 12 miles off track. We still go into church. We're still doing this stuff but somewhere along the line, we've gotten away from trusting Holy Spirit to help us. And if we've ever needed it, 2021, right here now, September, we need the power and the presence of the living Christ through the Holy Spirit in our lives, leading us, guiding us, directing us, so that the decisions we're making are yes and amen, we're not violating our peace, and the presence of God is in our every step. Doesn't mean that when we're doing that, everything is hunky-dory. It might mean you're in the middle of the fire. Tomorrow in our community, uh, one of our attorneys is gonna be representing 250 plus employees that our city wants to fire because of a conviction. Some of those 250 people are part of our church family. How many of you think we need to stand for those that are among us, our righteous? Because it's their conviction and their right. And to think in America, we would be living in a time. So, uh, Latin Cafe in Jonesville is opening tomorrow. Oh my God. <laughs> Just thought I share some good news. I've already eaten there because I, I'm a friend of Peter. So uh, we got a free meal the other day, tried to pay, and they said, oh no, you can't pay. We're just, we're learning how to do this. You learn really well, because that was excellent. And if it's free, could you bring me one of those strawberry guava cheese pastries and and a little cortadito? I was like, Oh yes, yes, yes. So, so but but Peter, I I asked the little girl that was serving us. I said, So has Peter been around? Peter owns um, all three of the Latin cafes. Great young man, and uh, him and his wife, couple of kids, and and so they said, No, he was here yesterday. About that time, Suzanne was sitting across from me, and she said, Oh, there's Peter. And he walks in and comes over to our table. We chat a while, and then before I leave, I get up and go sit. Now, Peter caused kind of a stir around Gainesville <laughs> with his uh, signs of uh, paying servers 16 to $18 an hour. Come on, somebody, asking for a job. I, I actually, I was, uh, you know, I got a couple hours free, uh, two days a week, two nights a week. I, you know, I'll serve for 18 bucks an hour. And I said, so do, do they have to share their tips with all the kitchen staff? He, oh, no, 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 all the, the servers keep all their own tips he said they'll be making between 23 $25 an hour come on somebody well, what's happened is a few of the other fast food places, around well, first of all, he's gotten a few phone calls uh, from people, and at first he thought they were mad at him, and, and one lady called, and she said, look, I, I saw a manager from another restaurant, and he was picking your signs up out of the grass and throwing them on the ground. Do you want me to go say something to him? Peter goes, no, just leave it alone. You know, they have to deal with that themselves. But, but uh, you know, all of a sudden, there, there's other hamburger places around town that all of a sudden. Throwing up signs, thirteen dollars, fifteen dollars an hour, and uh, and Peter and I were talking about how difficult it is to find good workers oh, yeah. that that want to work. Right. I mean, I said I told you all this last week. There are banners all over this town looking for laborers, looking for workers, and yet our city, who if they do it illegally, are going to be fined five thousand dollars. Per person that they fire I don't know about y'all that's a lot of money $5,000 times 250 plus people exactly see they're not having to pay for it you and I are paying for it we need to have a voice we we need to as the church learn how and hear me I, I said this last week I'm going places I've never been before up here in this pulpit but we're living a life that we've never lived before in America. We're, we're, we're beginning to realize we have to stand up and fight for what is our constitutional rights. Can you say amen to that? We have a right. And if we don't fight for our constitutional rights, they're going to be taken away from us. And we're going to be other countries going, I didn't ever think this could happen to us. You know, I travel a lot with Oscar Candelaria, and you, most of y'all know Oscar's story came here as a young boy in the Peter Pan Project out of Cuba. And when Oscar first went back with me, I had to convince him that Holy Spirit would protect us, and he finally went with me to Cuba. Since then, we've gone about 28, 29 times together. And, uh, and, and Oscar, has al- he's always moved when we go to Cuba because he sees his country and what it could be. But he sees it for what it is. And, and, and we used to five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you, just normal conversation would be Aren't you glad we live in America? That stuff could never happen here. Socialism's never come into America. Communism's never come into America. Marxism has never come into America. But here we are, September of 2021, and we're battling stuff that a wicked, unjust government is trying to cram down our throats. And if we don't stand together as the church, and I'm not talking about the rocket So I'm talking about the Church of America. Yes, yes. I read an article the other day and one pastor called out and he said, pastors, it was all to pastors, and he said, pastors, I think it's time for you to begin to consider that you might be a wartime pastor. Yes. Come on. Yes. A wartime pastor. Yes. Come on. Like, like the pastors that were in Germany and Austria, and." Norway and countries that never thought that Hitler and the Nazis would come to them. Many of them stood silent and eventually suffered the consequences. We can't stand silent any longer. There are places where we need to go and our voices need to be heard, where we need to gather as a group of people and stand up and say, This is not right and this is our voice and lift up our voice for righteousness because if we don't, we're going to groan under the power of the wicked ruler. Proverbs 29 2. I think. When the righteous rule. I have it in here somewhere. I think it's like my last scripture at the end of the message. And I haven't even started my message yet. Proverbs 29.2. When the righteous rule or increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, people groan. You know what's going on in our society today? There's a lot of groaning. A lot of groaning going on. People are just, people are just heavy. There's a heaviness in our country, heaviness in many churches. They don't know how to worship God, don't know how to praise God, don't know how to lift up their hands, don't know how to shout, don't know how to pray. Hear me. We have prayer every Sunday morning here at 945. And I'm, talking, I'm not talking to anybody that's new in our house or anybody that's busy. I'm talking to all of y'all other family that ever, can't never make it to Tuesday morning prayer or Saturday night prayer. And a whole bunch of you come to church about 20 minutes late. Oh, I wasn't gonna go there this morning. <laughs> But the problem was, I was back there worshiping God at the back door, and, and I'm watching a stream of cars come in at 1015, and I'm glad you're here, I'm glad you made it. I don't want to be late to what God has. And worship, it's not going to be on, it's not going to be a side note in heaven. Worship. Music, shout, the dance, rejoicing. Man, that's not going to be something for just, you know, the super spiritual. That's what we're going to do when we come into the presence of the living God. You're going to fall on your face and begin to worship God. And if we do that, our hearts are prepared for the hour that we're living in. Worship, worship will help you as you prepare for every single day battle that you're about to face. Worship. And I, I want to encourage you, 945, right here, 10-12 minutes. Everybody that's here comes in the auditorium. And Pastor Suzanne and Tom, every week lead in prayer. If you can't make it to any of the other prayer meetings, you're already coming to church. Come on somebody. You're already up dressed. 15 minutes early and you get to participate with the body to pray and invite Holy Spirit. We prepare our hearts to come into the place so ultimately we're ready for the Word of God. Worship's not just something that singers do. Worship is my life. I mean, y'all just thank God y'all came to the rock when you did and not when we first started because I led worship. And it was bad. I mean, it wasn't like bad, man, that's bad, you know? It was like bad. But, but what saved us was I was a worshiper. And I'm still a worshiper. I'm a worshiper, I'm not a singer. I, I'm not gonna stand up and try to sing, every once in a while I do, but I, wisdom jumps in real quick and i reel it back. Every once in a while I just wanna belt out one of Jamie's songs. And in heaven, I might be able to do it. I don't know. But right now, I'm a worshiper. Yeah. And worship is just a part of my life. Every day throughout the day. Matter of fact, if I try to enter into prayer and I haven't worshiped, right. it's like, yeah. hello? Yeah, right. Are you up there, God? Are yeah. <laughs> you listening? There's something about worship. It doesn't, it doesn't change God. I got to get to my message. Worship changes you. Worship changes you. If you come to church every Sunday 20 minutes late because you don't like worship, you're not going to like heaven. You're not going to like heaven. Well, but I don't like y'all's worship. Worship is worship. We're not worshiping each other. We're, we're not worshiping the singers or the musicians. We're worshiping God. Yeah. If you like to do it real quiet, you can close your eyes and do it real quiet. No, y'all's music's messing with me and I can't think. Well, it's not a meditation service. It's a worship service. We worship with our mouth, with our song, with our, with our voice, with our heart, with our instruments. We play drums and guitars for those who can't. Aren't you glad we don't just let anybody up here? Come on somebody. It's not a place for learners or beginners. These are people, David was a skilled musician. One minute he's worshiping God and stringing on his harp and just singing praises, the next minute he's kicking bare butt. He, 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 he's going after those uh, uh, animals that are trying to take away his daddy's sheep. That's right. he, he was skilled yeah. in the right hand, the right hand <laughs> and the left hand. Yes. He honored God. Yes. He was a worshiper. Because yeah. worship opens the door and, and enables you to go into the place of prayer. All right, I'm going to get to my message. Here we go. Open your Bibles, Hebrews chapter one. Open your smartphones quickly. Hey, every once in a while, y'all need to pull out one of these things. I'm just touching all kind of stuff today. I've got I have 27 messages. Every once in a while you just need to pull this out and read this. I mean, I, I love the access of my phone. I mean, I got you know sixty versions. I get on an airplane going somewhere, you know, it's great to just be able to read the Word. But it's also great to pull this out. You sit in the coffee shop and pull this out, people notice. You pull this out, they just think you're FaceTiming. There's something about the Word Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. I'm gonna read real fast, okay? Y'all just follow along in your smartphones, your Bibles, or the screen above my head. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir, say heir, heir. of how many things? Of all things through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, did they have begotten you? And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Anybody know who we're talking about here? Anybody? Say it out loud. Okay. The writer of Hebrews is laying the foundation for who Christ is. Who he is above the angels, and who the angels are, and who his ministers are. But when, verse 6, he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he said, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Wow. You have loved the right thing and you have hated the right thing. You have loved righteousness, hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain. Just remember that. I, I, I underline that in all of my Bibles and all of my, uh, on my smartphone In every version I opened and read, I underline that. He, he will remain. He, Christ, 2021 will remain. Say Amen. amen. But the ungodly will perish. Now, God loves the ungodly. And he's done everything he could do to give them salvation, but it's their choice. The unrighteous, just like you were once unrighteous, you were you were lost, you were in sin, you were you were an adulterer, you were a thief, you were a, you you were a whoremonger, you were a homosexual, you 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 loved darkness and you hated light. And one day, Jesus got a hold of your heart. And your heart, hard, hard, hard heart was prepared to receive the Christ. And somewhere, somehow, you bowed a knee. Maybe you were riding down the road Maybe you were on a trip. Maybe you were in your house by yourself. Maybe you had a a, a glass of whiskey and you're sitting there with a pistol in your lap trying to contemplate, do you have the guts to end this misery? And Jesus starts knocking on your heart's door. And the shaking hand drops the gun and the whiskey's no longer gonna satisfy. And you had a Apostle Paul or a Saul Damascus Road experience and Christ touched you in such a way all you could say was, Lord, Lord, what would you have for me? your life radically changed from unrighteous to righteous. Nothing you did earned it or deserved it. It was a gift. And Jesus revealed his love for you and the door to the Father. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life there's only one way to the Father, and it's through me. Not Muslims, not Buddha, not idolatry, not your stuff, only Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And Christ changed your life. And you woke up righteous, didn't do anything to get it. Can't do anything to keep it. Didn't earn it, don't deserve it. But you're righteous because Jesus, joint heir, is righteous. And so you begin to proclaim that. And you know what, with it there is a hope that when the world perishes, you're gonna be with God. I don't want anybody, I don't want my worst enemy to go to hell. I have never in my entire life, ever, ever said to anyone, go to hell, just wasn't, it never came out of me. Even when I wasn't living for God, I didn't want anybody to go to hell. I had a dream or vision, I don't know what it was, when I was a young boy and I saw hell. I saw the church being taken out of this earth and I saw somebody that I loved standing, reaching towards me. And there was nothing I could do because they had been given every opportunity on this earth to receive the love of Christ. Just like I said last week, don't violate your peace. The other thing is you can't live salvation for anyone. Not one of your children. Man, those little babies come into your life and you're loving them and cuddling them. You're making all these promises to them. But ultimately one day, they have to choose. Can't be grand, grand, grandpa God. It, it's got to be a revelation that every child. I was eight years old when I, when I knew that I was lost. How does an eight-year-old think that they're lost because the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit prepared this little boy's heart. And I literally ran to the altar of the Lord and cried and wept and confessed sin. How many of you, when you got saved, probably had a little bit more sin than an eight-year-old boy did? (laughs) But hear me. I promise you, I was crying like I was the worst sinner. I mean, I knew that stealing that bubble gum out of my mama's little store was going to send me directly to hell. I was a thief and a robber. And my mama didn't know it. She probably knew it. But when God convicted me, I had to get that thing right. I had to get that thing right. And when I did, salvation came. And man, the goodness of being free. Amen. How many of you remember when you first got set free? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I've come to set you free, to give you freedom so that you will be free indeed. You'll be free. Free of bondage. Free of pain. Free of shame. Free of guilt. Free of fear. 2021. 2021. Righteous believers should live free of fear. 12 of you, amen, man. By next week, I'm gonna be at 15. 12 of you believe that you have a right to be free of fear. How many of you really believe you have the right to be free of fear? You don't have to be fearful. Stop listening to so much stuff that comes through that television that keeps you all bound up and twisted and mad and angry. Go to the place of worship. Go to the place of prayer. Turn it off. You won't even know what's going on. I I, I need to know why. It's making you, nobody wants to be around you. Your connect group doesn't even show up anymore to your house. You lay out all the food. They don't want to come. Why? Because you are full of negativity. Scared to death, mad, angry. See, what I'm promoting today is not everybody take up a sword. Let's go after somebody. We gotta take up the sword of the spirit and go after the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our nation, the enemy of America. We have to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. And it's in the place of intercession. That's why our Sunday morning 940 prayer, 45 prayer time ought not to be empty, it ought to be full. Why, because we're praying together in unity. For one thing, we're, man, this week, a whole bunch of us been praying for Joe Biden to get saved. What would happen in America if Joe Biden got saved? What happened when you got saved? Your whole family, everything changed. He's just a man who needs Jesus. And there's a whole bunch of other people that instead of just sitting around listening to stupid vision, tell you over and over and over how this and that and this person's mad at that and this person did this and, and that person's definitely going to jail. You, you notice how they always say they're going to jail but then nobody goes to jail. It's not in the government. They just keep doing it. They just shift them to another place. Well, what are you going to do with that? You're going to be frustrated, angry, and mad. Better learn how to pray. Pray that God's justice. We need Social justice, just not the way it's been promoted for the last year and a half in our nation. We, we need to take care of those who are hurting. We need to have a sensitive heart to anybody, no matter what color skin or nation they're from. A young man that graduated from the rock school just a couple of years ago, got married to a beautiful young lady who also graduated from the rock school, both brilliant kids. They own a little business, and uh, this last week, um, I I don't know the whole story if he was working or if he was just vacationing, but he was uh, down in the Keys on his boat, and uh, they were fishing, and they came upon a raft that had... Seven Cubans with no water, no food, sun baking down on them, been out floating in the ocean for four or five days trying to get to America. You notice ain't nobody getting on rafts trying to get to Cuba or to Haiti or to Mexico. You're still trying to get here for freedom. And this encounter so impacted this young man. He wrote a blog and so I wrote him Friday. Actually, I couldn't get through to him so I wrote his mom and she she wrote back and said, here's his phone number, please send this directly from you. He needs to hear it from you. So I just encouraged him, I said, now you understand why Pastor George has been to Cuba so many times, and to Honduras, and to China, and to other nations of the world who desperately need what we have freely had that somebody now is trying to take away from us. How do we fight? Do we keep fighting the way we've always fought? Keep living the way we've always lived? Keep having church the way way we've always had church? Just, you know, pastor, get up there, preach a little good, good message, make us feel good. We'll give our tithe and then we'll come back next week and we'll do it again. See, a wartime pastor and wartime Christians don't live that way. When all of a sudden, my life is not my own. My breath is not my own, my time is not my own. Everything I have left to give, I'm willing and ready to say, God, use me. And I don't even know what it is, but use me. I want my latter days to be greater than my former days, amen? I wanna walk out the fullness of what God has for me and for us as a church. I wanna be ready to take care of those if this week the attorney's not able to win the case and we have incredible people that are gonna lose their jobs. What if they can't get a job? Who's gonna help take care of their kids or their bills? See, I want, I want to tell you something. Ultimately, this wicked leadership and government's also going to be coming after the church. They're going to come after our 501c3, which when they do and they want it, they can have it. Any of y'all that are paying your tithe because you get a 501c3 credit, you ought to take it back, and put it in your pocket anyhow. We, we don't tithe because we get a credit, I tithe because it belongs to God. And when I do, God blesses my hand, blesses everything that we do. And so, whenever that time comes, they can threaten us all they want. They can have it. Some of you didn't say amen very loud. Pastor, I tired a lot and I need that break. God's got you. you. You trusting in that break or you trusting in God? You tithe him because it's what's in your heart, because it's what God required, because God already knows. You say you love him with your whole heart, he already knows if you do or not, because if you're holding back the one thing that he required of you to show him that, that you love him, you're holding it back, he already knows that your trust is not in him. But you don't have to get condemned about that, just get convicted and say god i i want my i want my whole heart to be after you yes. i trust you with my whole heart yes. last week somebody from the city county i guess are we in the city or the county county, county. county. I guess somebody from the county came by and gave us a bunch of signs said we had to put them in the window the church <laughs> they'd be back to check make sure that everybody in the lobby of our church uh, it was all masked up. I said, you, you don't need to waste those signs on us. Take those back, because if you leave them, they're going in the trash. Come on, We're not bound to that. You have no authority with the church. You can't come in here. I said, my thought is, if you come, just make sure that our deputy meets you out there. Because if you come in here and try to interrupt, we'll have you arrested. Because you have no authority to disrupt the house of God. But as long as pastors are fearful and churches are fearful, we're gonna all run, oh my gosh, where's my mask? Look, they're not gonna do anything to you anyhow. They're trying to hurt the businesses and the churches. I walked in Monday morning to get my dog from the groomer. Big sign on the bottom. They had it on the bottom of their door. I opened the door, no mask. I didn't even have a mask. Pastor, you got cancer, shouldn't you? No, I had cancer. I I believe I'm free and healed of cancer. But but I'm not going to live in fear anyhow. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to get all up in your face if you're sick. Please, if you're sick, stay away from me. Love me from a distance. I love you, Pastor. Amen. I love you too, all right? But I walked in and I turned and nobody had a mask. I said, isn't that the dumbest sign? She said, they came in here and told us we had to start enforcing. And I love what the manager of the, of the, of the pet store said. She said, I looked at him and said, we ain't no police. We ain't no police. We're from Gainesville, baby. University town. Yeah, we're, not, we're not the police and we're not going to enforce and we're not going to tell our customers they can't come in to drop off their dog or pick up their dog unless they're wearing a mask. If you have a conviction to wear a mask, my gosh, keep it on. Don't violate your peace. But if you don't, then, you know, I'm going to be kind. I walk into Publix, My gosh, you want to find find some fearful people, just go to the grocery store. Oh, mercy. They will almost break their necks and hit their cart into somebody else's if you get near them. And my my heart goes out to them because I've done all the research. I've talked to all the doctors. I've listened to the science. And I told you all months ago about being at Dick's Sporting Goods when, when, when I was finally getting strength back for the first time after my first transplant. And I decided it, it was time to get into some exercise. So there were a lot of things I couldn't do, but the boys had started talking about doing some kayak fishing. So I went to Dick's Sporting Goods to buy me a kayak. And I'm down there and this young man, man, he's masked up, he's gloved up, he's ready to go, you know? And, and I had a mask on because at that point they said you had to have it and everybody was walking in all kind of fear. And, and uh, so I'm standing next to this guy and, and he sneezes with his mask on. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I saw it go out for about a foot and a half. And I just backed up. <laughs> He goes, he goes, man, I don't have COVID, I promise you. I said, I said, well, well, that mask really worked. And hear me, it wasn't a cotton mask. It was one of those doctor surgical masks. And and that was way out there. I was like, man, just stay away from sick people. Sick people ought to stay home. Amen. Until you're well, then come back and let's keep on living life and doing business. See, I don't think our nation will ever again, I don't care who is in that leadership, will ever again shut down. I hope we're smarter than that. Cripple our nation, destroy jobs, and then pay people crazy money to stay home. Well, who's paying for that? We are. We are. So here's what I wanna encourage you today. I, I know I'm all over the place. I even got to only one, one message, but hear me, we have to trust Holy Spirit, Amen. depend upon Holy Spirit, cry out for Holy Spirit's help. We have to open up the word of God and say, God, what does this word mean for me today and how do I walk this out? And we have to, I I gotta get to this part, right? I'm gonna read you a couple things. We have to, we have to as the church, love God and we have to love people. Come on, say amen. 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 We have to love God and we have to love people. You might not like them, okay? But you gotta love them. Meaning your love's gotta over, over, over something your like is one thing but your love it's got to be sincere it's got to be real when i said what i said about those so many people that are at the grocery store they're in fear i don't walk around try to torment people you know i speak to everybody i back away when i see them freaking out a little bit you know i'll turn around and go back down the other i mean I've, i've seen People just, look, just slam on brakes, look at you, just stare you down, then turn their cart and take off. The other day I was in aisle seven, Publix, and there was a little old lady. She didn't have no mask. She didn't have nothing. She just buying stuff, and somebody came up and said, where's your mask? She said, I ain't wearing no damn mask. <laughs> I looked at that lady. I didn't know if I should high-five her (laughs) or say, sweetheart, be a little nicer. (laughs) But what she was saying was, it ain't none of your business. You got yours. I got mine in the car somewhere. I don't don't know. (laughs) But hear me. I am for everybody. And if you need to wear a mask, I'm telling you, you should wear a mask. But if you don't, you don't have to. And, and our love for each other doesn't change. Amen? It doesn't change. I mean, Justin's sitting on the front row with a mask. Dana's sitting next to him. They're, they're husband and wife. They know each other. I mean, y'all, they got a bunch of kids. They know each other. Our love our attitude doesn't change and we're for each other we don't you know in a lot of cases we don't know what other people are going through and some people seriously they haven't even been in a house like this to hear any kind of truth if they go to church at all unfortunately there's just not enough pastors yet. They're coming, I'm telling you, all across this nation. I believe that there are pastors that are getting a hold of boldness, getting a hold of the word of the Lord. They're getting, they're getting to a place where they're going, you know what, I can no longer just preach this story i preached over and over again. I gotta get our church ready. Pastor, what are we getting ready for? That's it, only Holy Spirit knows. But we know something's coming. Don't you, don't you and your spirit know? something's coming. I mean, I, I've, been to, I've been to Russia in 92 when they were still, they were just coming out of communist control. And I was meeting believers that they were telling me stuff that I was thinking, oh my gosh, one, I don't even know if I could endure that, survive that, but you could. So you've never had to have a grace. Wow, this is good right here. You've never had to have a grace for where you are today until today. See, until that doctor looked at Suzanne and I and said, I'm sorry, you have an incurable disease called multiple myeloma. I'd never had a grace for cancer before. And I hate cancer. Every form of it is a curse of hell. But I have a grace. I am so thankful that when I heard that, I don't think my wife has ever, if she has, she's never told me yet, we'll have to talk about it this afternoon, so. I don't think my wife ever has been stricken with fear either. I, I never had this fear go, oh my gosh, you're going to die of cancer. There was a grace. Amen. There was a grace. Why? Greater is he that is in me. The promises of God are yes and amen. There's a word yet that God is not through with me. Therefore, I can't die yet of anything, not cancer, not COVID, not cancer, not COVID. God knows your beginning day from your last day. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm not even looking anymore at my notes. Well, just one more thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. listen to this, the church. Let me just fly through this because I wrote this down last night as I was just praying for all of us. The church, we have to love God, love people, and we have to preach the truth. Would you say amen to that? We have to, listen, we have to preach the truth by living the truth. See, it's not about Pastor George and Pastor Ron, Pastor Jamie preaching the truth. No, it's about every one of us preaching the truth with our lives. We get a hold of it by revelation and then we declare it. We have to stand for righteousness. We have to hate sin, but love the sinner. Amen? We have to hate sin, but love the sinner. I have somebody in my life that I love dearly. And Raised in the house of God, had an experience with God, loved God. And and today I believe he still believes that he's right with God. He's married to another man. And I had the opportunity to speak truth to him. But when the enemy of our soul comes to destroy us, gets a hold of our mind. And this young man is convinced that, that God gave him this relationship. And he's tender. And he writes me all the time, I'm praying for you, that God will heal you of this disease. He's blinded by the lust of the flesh, by deception that if he doesn't repent of, he will never hear, well done, thou good and faithful. I wanna tell you something, God loves this young man. And I love him. I can't be around him and his, I don't even know what you call him, partner, husband, wife. And I'm not trying to be cruel, but light and darkness, but it doesn't change the way we love them. Pray for them, believe for them. I'm believing that one day he's gonna come alive with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and know that what he is doing is wrong and repent. And if that time comes, questions would be, well, but but he's married. Divorce is wrong. Not in God's eyes he's not married. In the United States of America, this is where we are. He's legally married. I didn't grow up with that. My kids, they're like, what? What did he say, Mom? Sorry about that, parents. You got to go home and talk to your kids now. But you gotta be talking to them anyhow. We gotta get our children ready for what's coming in our nation. And we can't be blinded any longer, head in the sand. We gotta wake up and realize we gotta hate sin, but love the sinner. We gotta serve those who are hurting. We need to remember the poor and treat them with dignity. We gotta stand up for justice for all people. Because God loves all people all his children we have to stand against unrighteous rule and be ready to suffer for the sake of the gospel we have to stand in unity for all things kingdom we have to fight for the rights of the unborn we got to raise our voice and let me just say one more time for clarity's sake if you're part of this house you're part of this family you love God but somehow You thought it was okay to vote for a man and a party that supports the murder of unborn babies. Hear me, as your pastor, you better repent to God. It's not too late to repent. It's not too late to say, God, I don't know how I thought this was okay. Because you got mad at the former president's tweets. That man stood for the unborn. And you can't, you're going to stand before God one day and give an account. I want to tell you, you don't want to be on that side that supported and believed that it's okay to murder babies because it's not okay for any reason ever to kill our, our children. Never. Please don't get mad at me. I mean, if you do, that's between you and God, or you'll write me a nasty letter. But hear me, I'm only saying this because I love you. I love you. And, and whatever level of deception that we have allowed the enemy into our life, that we can call that which is right, wrong, and that which is wrong, right. See, homosexuality is never right before God. Right. I don't hate the person that's struggled with homosexuality. I love that person. They've been deceived. They've been lied to. The very God who loved them and created them for such a time as this, created them with a purpose, and he loves them, in the enemy. Maybe it was an abusive father. Maybe it was an abusive mother. Maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Here's the bottom line. The enemy wants you walking in that darkness. God gave his son to die on a cross so that you could be free of it. Amen? Free and free indeed because he loves you. But hear me, homosexuality is no worse than any kind of sexual sin. So, for those of you that haven't repented for your adultery or your addiction to pornography on the internet, or your sexual sins before marriage or after marriage, don't point fingers of judgment at anybody else's sin. Fall on your face and say, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner, need the grace of God to be saved bow your heads please if you will close your eyes Father I thank you so much for this incredible people I pray that truth will just flood our souls the hunger for you and your word hunger for righteousness for truth will fill us that we will walk out these days in peace and in joy. We will not be bound up in fear or anxiety or anger, but the peace that passes all understanding will flood our souls, our hearts, and our minds. And we'll live in peace, walk in peace, love in peace, respond in peace. The joy of the Lord we will be full of. I pray that over us, the church, believers, those of us that have made things right. You've redeemed us and forgiven us. Thank you that your word is powerful in our lives, mighty, sharper than any two-edged sword to keep us on the straight and narrow. And also Father, this morning pray for those that are sitting here, those that are watching online those are listening by podcast this week, that have not yet experienced your great love and your forgiveness. They're here today or they're watching online today. Father, they, they have been bound in their lifestyle, they've been bound in their sin, they've been bound in their religion, but they don't have a personal relationship with you, Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus, I know right now you're knocking on the, heart doors of many that are sitting in this room, many that are watching online. Because you love them. And you've already gone to the cross. And you've already died a horrible death so that they could be free. So that they could come to salvation. So they could open up their hearts and receive the free gift of Jesus Christ who died for them. With every head bowed and every eye closed and Believers, would you just pray for a moment? If you're sitting in this room this morning, you're watching online, you can call in this week, you can send a text, you can send an email. But if you're sitting in this room today and Jesus is knocking at your heart's door, it's because he loves you. If he's convicting you this morning of the sin that you're living in, whatever it is it doesn't matter he's already paid the price for you to be forgiven of it and he loves you so much and he's at the right hand of the father right now praying for you that you'll make a decision to turn your life over to him and to receive the fullness of life salvation freedom if that's you this morning just between you and jesus and me i'm looking Would you allow me to pray for you and lead you in a prayer this morning? If that's you, right where you sit, would you just lift up your hands and say, Pastor, today I want to make things right with God. Let me see your hand. Hold it up, rising high, right now. Cross this, yes, 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 God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. You can put it down once I've seen it. Yes, thank you, God bless you. Anyone else? You're ready to, yes, sir, God bless you, young man. Yes, dear, God bless you. Today is the day of salvation. Today we just say, I'm tired. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I want Jesus. Anyone else wanna join these, have lifted their hand? I don't wanna leave anybody out. All right, I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer. The whole congregation is gonna pray. Those online are gonna pray out loud in their homes. Pray this prayer. We're gonna invite Jesus in. Your life is gonna be forever radically changed today will be the day of salvation. Marked forever throughout eternity is the day when you surrender to Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer with us out loud. Father God, in the name of your son Jesus, I come before you a sinner that needs salvation. I need a savior. I can't save myself and I'm tired of trying today I acknowledge that I need Jesus Jesus thank you for going to the cross and dying for me forgive me of all of my sin everything that I've done all of my rejection of you all of me trying to do it all Today, I surrender and I receive you Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. Today, I'm choosing not only for this day, but for all the days of my life that I'm walking with you, your child. So thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I invite your Holy Spirit to come into my life now, and to help me to walk this out. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord an ovation of praise for his goodness and all of that. Love you guys so much, God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.